Book 2, Chapter 13 of Two Treatises of a Civil Government. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ashwin Jain. Two Treatises of Civil Government by John Locke. Book 2, Chapter 13. Of the subordination of the powers of the commonwealth though in a constituted commonwealth standing upon its own basis and acting according to its own nature that is acting for the preservation of the community there can be but one supreme power which is the legislative to which all the rest are and must be subordinate yet the legislative being only a fiduciary power to act for certain ends there remains still in the people a supreme power to remove or alter the legislative when they find the legislative act contrary to the trust reposed in them. For all power given with trust for the attaining an end being limited by that end, whenever that end is manifestly neglected or opposed, the trust must necessarily be forfeited and the power devolve into the hands of those that gave it who may place it anew where they shall think best for their safety and security. And thus the community perpetually retains a supreme power of saving themselves from the attempts and designs of any body, even of the legislators, where they shall be so foolish or so wicked as to lay and carry on designs against the liberties and properties of the subject. For no man or society of men having a power to deliver up their preservation, or consequently the means of it, to the absolute will and arbitrary dominion of another. Whenever anyone shall go about to bring them into such a slavish condition, they will always have a right to preserve what they have not a power to part with and to rid themselves of those who invade this fundamental, sacred and unalterable law of self-preservation for which they entered into society. And thus the community may be said in this respect to be always the supreme power, but not as considered under any form of government, because this power of the people can never take place till the government is dissolved. In all cases which the government subsists, the legislative is a supreme power, for what can give laws to another must needs be superior to him, and since the legislative is no otherwise legislative of society, but by the right it has to make laws for all the parts and for every member of the society, prescribing rules for their actions and giving power of execution where they are transgressed. The legislative must needs be the supreme, and all other powers in any members or parts of the society derived from and subordinate to it. In some commonwealths, where the legislative is not always in being, and the executive is vested in a single person who has also a share in the legislative, there that single person, in a very tolerable sense, may also be called supreme. 
not that he has in himself all the supreme power which is that of law making but because he has in him the supreme execution from whom all inferior magistrates derive all their several subordinate powers or at least the greatest part of them having also no legislative superior to him there being no law to be made without his consent which cannot be expected should ever subject him to the other part of the legislative b is properly enough in the sense supreme but yet it is to be observed that though oaths of allegiance and fealty are taken to him it is not to him as supreme legislator but as supreme executor of the law made by a joint power of him with others allegiance being nothing but an obedience according to law which when he violates he has no right to obedience nor can claim it otherwise than as the public person vested with the power of the law and so is to be considered as the image phantom or representative of the commonwealth acted by the will of the society declared in its laws and thus he has no will no power but that of the law but when he quits this representation this public will and acts by his own private will degrades himself and is but a single private person without power and without will that has any right to obedience the members owing no obedience but to the public will of society the executive power placed anywhere but in a person that has also a share in the legislative is visibly subordinate and accountable to it and may be at pleasure changed and displaced so that it is not the supreme executive power that is exempt from subordination but the supreme executive power vested in one who having a share in the legislative has no distinct superior legislative to be subordinate and accountable to farther than he himself shall join and consent so that he is no more subordinate than he himself shall think fit which one may certainly conclude will be but very little of other ministerial and subordinate powers in a commonwealth we need not speak they being so multiplied with infinite variety in the different customs and constitutions of distinct commonwealths that it is impossible to give a particular account of them all only thus much which is necessary to our present purpose we may take notice of concerning them that they have no manner of authority any of them beyond what is by positive grant and commission delegated to them and all of them accountable to some other power in the commonwealth it is not necessary no nor so much as convenient that the legislative should be always in being but absolutely necessary that the executive power should because there is not always need of new laws to be made but always need of execution of the laws that are made when the legislative hath put the execution of the laws they make into other hands they have a power still to resume it out of those hands when they find cause 
and to punish for any maladministration against the laws. The same holds also in regard of the federative power, that and the executive being both ministerial and subordinate to the legislative, which, as has been shewed, in a constituted commonwealth is the supreme. The legislative also, in this case, being supposed to consist of several persons, for if it be a single person, it cannot but be always in being, and so will, as supreme, naturally have the supreme executive power, together with the legislative, may assemble and exercise the legislature. At the times that either their original constitution or their own adjournment appoints, or when they please, if neither of these hath appointed any time, or there would be no other way prescribed to convoke them, for the supreme power being placed in them by the people, it is always in them, and they may exercise it when they please, unless by their original constitution they are limited to certain seasons or by an act of the supreme power they have adjourned to a certain time, and when that time comes they have a right to assemble and act again. If the legislative, or any part of it, be made up of representatives chosen for that time by the people, which afterwards return into the ordinary state of subjects, and have no share in the legislature, but upon a new choice. This power of choosing must also be exercised by the people, either at certain appointed seasons, or else when they are summoned to it. And in this latter case, the power of convoking the legislative is ordinarily placed in the executive, and has one of these two limitations in respect of time, that either the original constitution requires the assembling and acting at certain intervals, and then the executive power does nothing but ministerially issue directions for the electing and assembling according to due forms, or else it is left to his prudence call them by new elections, when the occasions or exigencies of the public require the amendment of the old or making of new laws, or the redress or prevention of any inconveniences that lie on or threaten the people. It may be demanded here, what if the executive power, being possessed of the force of the commonwealth, shall make use of that force to hinder the meeting and acting of the legislative, when the original constitution or the public exigencies require it. I say, using force upon the people without authority, and contrary to the trust put in him, that does so, is a state of war with the people, who have a right to reinstate their legislative in the exercise of their power. For having erected a legislative, with an intent, they should exercise the power of making laws, either at certain times or when there is need of it, 
when they are hindered by any force from what is so necessary to the society and wherein the safety and preservation of the people consists the people have a right to remove it by a force in all states and conditions the true remedy of force without authority is to oppose force to it the use of force without authority always puts him in that uses it into a state of war as the aggressor and renders him liable to be treated accordingly the power of assembling and dismissing the legislative place in the executive gives not the executive a superiority over it but is a fiduciary trust placed in him for the safety of the people in a case where the uncertainty and variableness of human affairs could not bear a steady fixed rule for it is not being possible that the first framers of the government should by any foresight be so much masters of future events as to be able to prefix so just periods of return and duration to the assemblies of the legislative in all times to come that might exactly answer all the exigencies of the commonwealth the best remedy could be found for this defect was to trust to this prudence of one who was always to be present and whose business it was to watch over public good constant frequent meetings of the legislative and long continuations of their assemblies without necessary occasion could not but be burdensome to the people and must necessarily in time produce more dangerous inconveniences and yet the quick turn of affairs might be sometimes such as to need their present help and delay of the convening might endanger the public and sometimes to their business might be so great that the limited time of their sitting might be too short for their work and rob the public of that benefit which could be had only from their mature deliberation what then could be done in this case to prevent the community from being exposed some time or other to an imminent hazard on one side or the other by fixed intervals and periods said to the meeting and acting of the legislative but to entrust it to the prudence of some who being present and acquainted with the state of public affairs might make use of this prerogative for the public good and where else could this be so well placed as in his hands who was entrusted with the execution of the laws for the same end thus supposing the regulation of times for the assembling and sitting of the legislative not settled by the original constitution it naturally fell into the hands of the executive not as an arbitrary power depending on his good pleasure but with this trust always to have it exercised only for the public weal as the occurrences of times and change of affairs might require whether settled periods of their convening or a liberty left to the prince for convoking the legislative perhaps a mixture of both 
had the least inconvenience attending it. It was not my business here to inquire, but only to shew that though the executive power may have the prerogative of convoking and dissolving such conventions of the legislative, yet it is not thereby superior to it. Things of this world are in so constant a flux that nothing remains long in the same state. Thus people, riches, trade, power, change their stations, flourishing mighty cities come to ruin, and prove in times neglected desolate corners, whilst other unfrequented places grow into populous countries, filled with wealth and inhabitants. But things not always changing equally, and private interest often keeping up customs and privileges when the reasons of them are seized, it often comes to pass that in governments, where part of the legislative consists of representatives chosen by the people, that in tract of time this representation becomes very unequal and disproportionate to the reasons it was at first established upon. To what gross absurdities the following of custom, when reason has left it, may lead, we may be satisfied when we see the bare name of a town, of which there remains not so much as the ruins, where scarce so much housing as a sheep coat or more inhabitants than a shepherd is to be found, since as many representatives to the grand assembly of lawmakers as a whole county, numerous in people, and powerful in riches. The strangers stand amused at, and every one must confess needs a remedy. The most think it hard to find one, because the constitution of the legislative being the original and supreme act of the society, antecedent to all positive laws in it, and depending wholly on the people, no inferior power can alter it. And therefore the people, when the legislative is once constituted, having, in such a government as we have been speaking of, no power to act as long as the government stands, this inconvenience is thought incapable of a remedy. Salupopli Suprema Lex is certainly so just and fundamental a rule that he who sincerely follows it cannot dangerously err. If therefore the executive who has the power of convoking the legislative, observing rather the true proportion than fashion of representation, regulates not by old custom, but true reason. The number of members in all places that have a right to be distinctly represented, which no part of the people, however incorporated, can pretend to, but in proportion to the assistance which it affords to the public, it cannot be judged to have set up a new legislative, but to have restored the old and true one, and to have rectified the disorders which succession of time had insensibly 
as well as inevitably introduced for it being the interest as well as intention of the people to have a fair and equal representative whoever brings it nearest to that is an undoubted friend to an establisher of the government and cannot miss the consent and approbation of the community prerogative being nothing but a power in the hands of the prince to provide for the public good in such cases which depending upon unforeseen and uncertain occurrences certain and unalterable laws could not safely direct whatsoever shall be done manifestly for the good of the people and the establishing the government upon its true foundations is and always will be just prerogative the power of erecting new corporations and therewith new representatives carries with it a supposition that in time the measures of representation might vary and those places have a just right to be represented which before had none and by the same reason those cease to have a right and be too inconsiderable for such a privilege which before had it it is not a change from the present state which perhaps corruption or decay has introduced that makes an inroad upon the government but the tendency of it to injure or oppress the people and to set up one part or party with a distinction from and an unequal subjection of the rest whatsoever cannot but be acknowledged to be of advantage to society and people in general upon just and lasting measures will always when done justify itself and whenever the people shall choose the representatives upon just and undeniably equal measures suitable to the original frame of the government it cannot be doubted to be the will and act of the society whoever permitted or caused them so to do end of chapter 13 recording by ashwin jain